Welcome back to Notes from the North, your go-to Minnesota Vikings podcast. Before we get started, we want to offer thanks to purpleptsd.com and vikingsterritory.com for giving us a chance to post our podcast over there. Sure to check out great Vikings coverage over at purpleptsd.com and vikingsterritory.com. Welcome to Notes from the North with Kyle and Sam. All right. Well, we're back for part two. Uh, Yesterday, we covered the offense, uh, or sorry, the defense, uh, and the goal was with the Vikings cap situation, you know what, you're you're right now over the cap by $23 million. How do we clear a good chunk of space and kind of chose this arbitrary number of $50 million, uh, to cut on the defense? And today, what we're going to do is actually try to do the same thing on the offensive side of the ball. And so, again, we're using over the cap their numbers here about what the Vikings offense numbers look like heading into uh, mm-hmm. next season and going to try to figure out, Cal's going to try to figure out the a way that could allow for the Vikings to clear 50 space or $50 million in space. Again, neither yep. predictive, prescriptive, just what could happen. And so yep. we look at the numbers Certainly, uh, there's some big numbers here. We've got Kirk Cousins, we've got Adam Thielen, Brian O'Neill, Dalvin Cook, and TJ Hawkinson as the top five earners on the offense. Yeah. Uh, we know that there are uh, some conversations about some big extensions that could happen, uh, particularly for one Justin Jefferson. But right now, we're, we're just going to focus on what's currently there what's happening and what is the best way to what well, a best way. Cause again, we're not trying to say this is, this is what they should do, but what is a way that the Vikings can, can clear some significant cap space working towards that number of mm-hmm. 50 million. Right. So the, the first thing that they can do, the single largest potential they have for cap space is a Kirk Cousins extension. And it's not close. Like that is the move that could clear the most room. Um, you could potentially save more than twenty-three million through Kirk Cousins' extension. Now, to do so, you'd have to add on significant years and you know so on and so forth. But you can, you know, his cap number is going to be thirty-six point two five, which is a humongous, humongous cap hit for a single season. I believe, Sam, I'd have to check here. I believe that's the sixth largest cap hit right now going into next year. Which is crazy. That's that's you know in the entire and that's going to change. You know, deals are going to be signed. You know, people are going to go up and down, and so on and so forth. You know, his deal might get adjusted, bringing it down lower. But I believe that is the single or that is the sixth highest, and that's coming off a year where I believe he was third highest, right? So um, I'll have to kind of confirm those numbers and double check those. But pretty wild to think uh, kind of how large that cap hit is. So. Keep in mind that you know, an adjustment really could happen here, even though a lot of Vikings fans wouldn't be particularly pleased about that. But let's say, Sam, that we're at 23 million. We'll, we'll forget the $68,000 in the tail end. Let's pretend here that they're going to do 23 million. They're going to push things to the max, free up a lot of cap space in 2023. There's 23 million right there. Let's then pivot quickly to TJ Hawkinson, who they traded for. It seems to me, like a lot of others, I assume, the chances of not working out a Hawkinson extension are very small. I mean, you traded for this dude and yes, you could just go into kind of like a prove it year one, you know, one left one year left in his contract, but 
you know, given the way Hawkinson played, given that you traded for him and gave up draft capital to do so, you know, to bring him in, you would think that that comes with the expectation of signing him to a reasonably large contract, right? Keep him in town for a little while. He is your number two pass catching option. And he ended up being vital for the team down the stretch. So you could free up just a hair below 6.6 million, right? So let's, let's say again, let's say we max that out 6.6 million, two extensions. So then we're actually just below 30 million as a result of those decisions, right? So, I mean, we're about 60% of the way there for our arbitrary $50 million goal, okay? We haven't even talked about getting rid of anybody. We're just extending a couple of players. Now, if they were to decide that they wanted to cut some players, they could do so, right? Thielen is someone who's been in the rumors. There's been some suggestions that, you know, and hints on social media that, um, you know, could be it for Adam Thielen, who's, you know, getting older. Uh, over the past four seasons, he hasn't surpassed a thousand years receiving. There's been some injuries, so on and so forth. He's set to carry the second largest cap hit on this roster at nearly $20 million dollars. You know, you got to think that the Vikings are going to look to address that in some capacity, whether it be a cut, a pay cut structure, cutting him from the roster, a trade, you know, something. If they were just to do a simple pre-June 1 cut, they would save a touch more than 6.4 million. So let's say they do that. Let's say they do 6.4 million and save money that way. Okay, so that's an option there. So we got the couple extensions, Cousins and Hawkinson. We've got the feeling cuts possibility. They keep the cuts going. And they end up cutting Dalvin Cook as well. And so doing save just, let's say, $7.9 million just for simplicity. In reality, it's a touch below that according to over the cap. But let's say that's what they end up doing, $7.9 million, Okay? So we've now you know, freed up between Thielen and Cook. We've now freed up, what, $7.9, $6.4, I don't know, $13, $14 million, something like that, Sam. Yep. So there's money there. Okay? So we're still, though, short of our goal. C.J. Ham is another name to keep in mind. Cutting him, a simple cut would free up $3 million, just a touch over $3 million. So let's say there's a C.J. Ham cut. That gets you another $3 million closer to that kind of arbitrary goal that we're talking about of $50 million. Not that that's what they're actually thinking of doing, but that, that possibility is, is there. It's present. Okay. So, so just to check in there, it's yeah. uh, that at this point, currently with what you've suggested, 46.9 million. Yeah. No, it's, it's easier with the offense and, and in large part because of Cousins. I mean, Cousins alone, 23 million, you're almost halfway to your goal. You're all, you've, you know what I mean? If 50, 50 million, you want to, hey, Kwesi Dovmanza goes into the office, talks to Rob Brzezinski, their, you know, their salary cap wizard, and says, I need to free up 50 million bucks just with the offensive personnel. I, I just can't imagine that's the way that they talk. But let's say that's how it happens. Uh, you could get almost halfway there with just Cousins, just one player, almost, right? You know, 2023, that's 46%, right, of, of, of your target goal there in that hypothetical, right? So, I mean, one, one more time, Sam, just so we're uh, any confused listeners, what's, what, what's our current total just based off these five moves? Uh, current number is yeah. 46.9. 46.9. So we're going to get there, Sam. We didn't really, you know, we kind of sort of got there. You kind of had that Dalvin Tomlinson suggestion at the end there. It was a good catch. Um, I think we're going to get there a lot easier in offense. They could move on from Chris Reed, a backup offensive lineman who barely played in 2022. They can move on from Chris Reed and save 2.5. Okay. So that gets you just even closer, right? And then let's say 
maybe for some insane reason, I just cannot imagine this happens. They say, you know what, Ezra Cleveland, it's not working out. Let's move on from that guy. You can cut him and save just a hair below $3 million. I, I just think there's no way they possibly do this because Ezra Cleveland's a fine player and he's young, so on and so forth. But those two moves right there, Sam, we've now surpassed $50 million, have we not? Yep. Yeah. Almost uh, 52.5, 52.4 is, well, again, I, that's assuming uh, Cleveland is at three. I know it's a little bit touch under that, but uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, look, there you have it. Other options to consider. I mean, they could um, restructure Brian O'Neill's deal and a simple restructure, not even extending, but restructuring Brian O'Neill's deal. You could free up uh, a little more than 10 million. And that to me seems very plausible. I mean, right now, he's the only player who's actually on the books for 2026, right? So we're looking at, you know, four, four years, 23, 24, 25, 26. And right now, cutting him going into the 2026 season would leave behind just under $375,000, which in the NFL world, $375,000 is nothing, right? And, and so they could, you know, kick some guaranteed money or, you know, they could, they could do the... Um, you know, convert some of his salary to a signing bonus, prorate it over the duration of his deal, and as a result, end up leaving potentially more dead money in 24, 25, 26, if they were to move on from him. But the benefit is that you get more money right now. And if you feel really confident that one, he's going to make a full recovery from his Achilles injury, and two, he's going to become, or not become, but maintain his status as one of the preeminent right tackles in the NFL, then you're probably okay with that. I mean, Brian O'Neill, he's not young, but he's also not particularly old either. He's 27. He could very plausibly have three, four, five more excellent years, maybe more. So, you know, some offensive linemen do play well into their 30s, right? So yeah. I think if you were to look at someone and say, hey, we just want to convert money into a signing bonus and create a little bit of room that way, I would think Brian O'Neill is number one there because there's four more years left on his deal. You're probably really confident that he's still going to be an excellent player, you know, for several more years. Uh, you got to feel great about Darison O'Neill, you know, especially for a team like Minnesota, which for so long was starved for great play along the offensive line. So of course they want to maintain, you know, that tandem who I'm not saying this is the case, but provided there's health, they could very plausibly be the best offensive tackle tandem in the NFL next year. That is not at all a stretch, not at all looking at things with purple glasses, they are both excellent, excellent players, and they could plausibly be the standard for offensive tackle play in terms of tandems in the NFL. So that O'Neill possibility brings even past 60 million kind of thing. So, and that's not an extension. That's not like Parkinson. That's not like Cousins. That's just a restructure, right? So there's a lot of potential, especially on offense, to shuffle money around. And even as we saw with Cousins, with Parkinson, with O'Neill, we're not even talking about getting really guys. We're just talking about moving money around, adding use potentially, that kind of thing. So it's it's interesting. And one thing that we haven't talked about either, and Sam, I know you don't love this idea or this this option, but again, you can always add on void years, right? As as a way of um, as a way of kind of creating space for yourself. And you got to be careful. You can you can take that maneuver and push it to an extreme. And really put yourself in a bad spot in the future. But um, void years are a way of, again, stretching out something like that signing bonus 
and you know making life easier for yourself in a sense so yeah an yeah, option I, to consider i think yeah you have to really figure out if a player is worth it to be able to to extend um them and like those void years again i i yeah I don't love it, but it's also, it's a tool that other teams are using and really the Vikings have to figure out whether they're competitive or not. And I think, um, I think I could certainly hear the, I, I could hear an argument that, you know what, yeah. like this team uh, should just, you know what, decide we're going to blow it up and yeah. take a step back. But also after a 13 and four season uh, with a first year head coach, I can understand the resistance towards that as well. And so um I don't know. Part of me feels like so much of sports, what happens is you end up kind of getting yourself stuck in the middle and that's yep. really the worst spot to be. Oh uh, yeah. For and, sure and I think one of the interesting things, just as we wrap up here, that is interesting to figure out with player evaluation and where players are is that you've got players that, and you kind of mentioned it with, with even you, you can kind of see it with uh, O'Neill and Darisaw where you've got mm -hmm. players that, you know, like Darisaw, uh, still like his ceiling is higher than where he's at right now oh my right? gosh which is yeah. kind of scary to think about considering yeah. how good he is and so you know you've got these players that can move into being better players exactly uh, but then you've also got these players like you said o'neill where it's like well as long as he stays healthy like he could be there and you talked about this idea of hoping that he maintains where he's mm -hmm. at and i think mm -hmm. often what happens is you end up holding on to guys maybe for too long with the hopes that they're going to maintain and then end up dropping off mm -hmm. and and again, I I don't I'm not saying that I believe that with O'Neill. There's a there is the injury concern now, um, but I just I think as a sports um, like from a sports perspective, this is not limited to just the NFL. That mm -hmm. um, there is sometimes too much. Um, you don't want to put too much stock into hoping that guys maintain where they're at when you right. can you can move on from guys earlier and, and not be in a spot where you're putting a bad spot. I know. Bill the Bill Belichick often gets referred in these conversations of that's what I was just thinking of yeah. moving on from guys before they end up hitting that drop off, and again you don't want to do it with everyone because there's some quality guys. Yeah, the Vikings saw it this year in terms of guys that maybe people would feel like could fall off, and they maintained even had better than possibly predicted seasons later in their career. Um, but uh, I think certainly a word of caution. Uh, is out there for for what teams do and and really not want to put yourself in a bad situation three years down the road um i just i think i, I hate when that happens um but there's gambles right there's no there's no risk-free situation when you're managing a sports team there certainly isn't and there's a reason why uh something like a quasi adolfo mensa you know gets a pretty good sized paycheck Right. And, and, and those like, you know, Bill Belichick, those, those like them around the league uh, is to make these decisions. You know, you, you try and look at your crystal ball, but as Sam was kind of suggesting, you know, football is continually future oriented, right? Like it's always about, you know, how is O'Neill going to play next year, year after that, three years from now, so on and so forth. Uh, impossible to say, but you make the best guess you possibly can. Right. And, and then, and then, you know, adjust your budget accordingly. So we'll see. We will yeah. see. It's it's hard, right? Like, and I think that you realize that there are some teams that um, really seem to be able to hold on and being a, a good team year after year. Um, mm -hmm. And a lot of that has to do with good management. Also, has to do with um, yeah, just a good organizational structure. Uh, 
also helps to have an elite franchise QB, which uh, yeah, exactly, which I think you, you, we've seen in the playoffs. Um, yep. So far, uh, although you've also you've got your Burke, uh, Brock Purdy's out there uh, who step into step into situations with a great organization around him, right? It's yep. Just the weapons that are there and the defense that is there. Uh, ah, freaking well, Kyle it's Shanahan be, and Kyle Shanahan, the secret yeah. weapon. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll uh, we'll wrap up there. Hope people enjoy this. There, just so people are aware, there will be no uh, podcast next week. We're doing the the double hit this week, uh, and we'll have to let people know about future episodes. Certainly, uh, we are personally entering a little bit of uh, different stages of life, and so uh, be sure to come back and check stuff out. We'll be releasing stuff as much as possible, uh, but certainly be sure to check out great vikings coverage over at purpleptsd.com and vikingsterritory.com in the meantime so take care everyone have a good couple weeks and we'll be back soon